Hey everybody, and welcome back to the official Gamingmentary podcast. Uh, we're joined by Wright Bagwell this week, who was the creative director on Dead Space 2 and the lead gameplay designer on Dead Space 1. Uh, so I'm also joined by Kyle Bailey, our lead media producer. I got it right this time, Kyle. And Joanna, <laughs> Thank you. our editor-in-chief. So, guys, what has everybody, everybody been playing this week? SOS. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right, yes. good. That's what I want to hear. Yes. <laughs> By the way, you don't have to say that just to, just because I'm here. Uh, no, no, I actually have. And I'm, I mean, I'm actually kind of amazed that it's really only alpha. Um, I've been having a blast with it and enjoying all the people that are on there and interacting with with them um everybody for the most part has been like pretty friendly and willing to team up and get all like the little idols and or the uh, the uh, relics and you know try it's fun just trying not to die basically i never thought i would have fun trying not to die but <laughs> for for reference right bagwell is the ceo of outpost games who are developing sos probably should have implied that before yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I i played one round of sos and or two rounds sorry uh my first round i'm not sure if you saw my tweet right but uh my camera started oh, yes. off right in my crotch <laughs> <laughs> oh really yeah. oh wow so i haven't seen I, that bug yet so I, I i started the game off and i was i thought i was like in a bag or something so i was sitting there just punching the air for a few minutes because i thought i had to get out of a bag or something and i was like looking down i'm like i don't understand what's going on so then i hear a guy in the mic is like hey hey man what's going on i'm like i don't know what is going on <laughs> he's like well you're kind of running into a wall and just punching it and i'm like Oh, and then I started sprinting. And I realized, well, my head's in my crotch, and I was like, "This is helpful." <laughs> oh, so he's sitting there laughing at me, and he runs away. And all of a sudden, one of those little fast-moving monsters comes at me. So I'm just trying to run away from it. Literally, kind of like I guess a better way to put it with my pants down. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always say that. Um, Oftentimes, the most entertaining part of any game is is actually finding all the bugs during <laughs> development. The, I mean, the stuff that we see that the public never sees is just hysterical. Um, we, my, I think my favorite bug of all time is that early on in SOS, we had this bug where every time you pulled out your gun, it would get about 10% larger. Um, <laughs> And so and so you could keep running around and pulling out your gun until the point that, you know, you had this gun that was like the size of a car and you could sort of pull it out and, and stick it in people's faces. But then eventually your gun literally got as big as the island and then it would start to break the game. Um, oh, but no. just that stuff is absolutely hysterical. And sometimes you're kind of like, I wish that I could ship this as an Easter egg. It's so hysterical. <laughs> My my uh, my second game went a little better. I uh, at least found a skull, and then I randomly appeared on one of the, uh, I guess you'd call them a boss. It had an idol on its back. Mm-hmm. That didn't go so well for me because all I had was a skull. I think I accidentally <laughs> threw it at him and then tried to run away. <laughs> Not a good strategy. Take that monster! Oh, now I have no weapon. Oh God, run! Yeah. God the. The, one of the last games that I played last night, I actually got um, 
to be a crowd pleaser so i was quite excited with that and i'm like Whoa. oh this is going to be the only game where people are going to enjoy watching me because i'll probably <laughs> die within two seconds the next one <laughs> yeah, i'm kind of hoping nobody watched my first game <laughs> why does this bag have a zipper <laughs> well that's when i figured out i was inside the pants because i saw the zipper area and i was like oh <laughs> that's, a, that's a great that's a great subtitle for sos sos inside the pants, inside the pants. <laughs> yeah. wait did you get that's... did you get video capture of it because i don't think i've ever seen this bug uh, i took a i took a screen capture of it with my phone and then uh I think one of your gameplay designers is like, oh, we'll fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it wasn't designed that way? Are you sure? But, uh, Kyle, you been playing anything this week? Or are you just doing your camera um, biz in Florida? Well, yeah, I, I haven't really had any time to play games this week. But before I left, I'm in, currently in Florida right now, live in New Jersey. Before I left, I had just recently gotten um, a halfway decent PC. So I was finally able to start installing a bunch of games from my Steam library that I hadn't been able to for years. And one of them I really wanted to play was Shadow of Mordor. Um, so I'm just starting to get into that and uh, really, really enjoying it. The, uh, the Nemesis system and everything. Is did you just pretty... did you just buy games to put your Steam library for future when you had a computer? <laughs> I did. I did, actually. I'm pretty sure a lot of people do that because I have... Um, <laughs> My what I'm using right now, like on the go, is just my old laptop, which is what I bought the majority of my Steam library on in the hopes that eventually I would be able to play <laughs> these games. And it came true. It just took, you know, seven years. But things so, do come true. So right, are you taking part in any of the uh, SOS matches yet? Yeah, well, you know, it's been it's been a couple of years and you know, when you're making a game like this, especially especially one where, you know, you want to try something brand new and you're just dying to try to pull off something that no one's done before. <laughs> um, you know, I've spent the last couple of years feeling like, damn it, I want to go home and play this game, but you know, I can't because there's no one to play with, you know, it's just the, the other developers <laughs> and some QA people. So it's it's an incredible feeling to have worked on something for for so long and finally be able to just put headphones on and play it for hours and hours on end. Um, I mean, it, it it might seem like, well, gee, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't you be sick of it after working on it for a couple of years? Um, but for me, this has just been um, it's been a, a labor of love building this game. And it's it's something that I've wanted to do for a long, long time. So uh, on Monday, I finished up my meetings and, and just went into my office and shut the door and and just played it and played it and played it. And oh, my God, it was just it was it was so much fun to be able to go out and just meet random people. So any funny or exciting moments you had in any of your matches you want to tell us about? Yeah, actually, uh, I think it was the first or second game that I played. I randomly ended up with um, one of the people who uh, works for me. And so it's uh, <laughs> this woman, Heather. A few of you may recognize her. Her name is B. And um, so I bumped into her and I recognized her voice. And so I could hear her in the distance. And I was like, Heather, Heather, hey, hey, it's me. It's right. I'm friendly. I'm friendly. <laughs> and I come running up and, and she was with some other random guy. Um, 
And when I saw him, I kind of panicked and I, and I had a flare gun, but not a real gun. So I pulled out my flare gun and I pointed it at them and I was like, Hey, Hey, it's cool. It's cool. Like just chill. And so that, that guy sort of got threatened. So he's like, well, Heather, I'll, de- I'll, I'll defend you, Heather. I'll defend you. And I was like, no, 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 it's cool. It's cool. So I put my gun down and then he killed me. And then, um, and then, and then Heather's like, oh my, you, you just killed my boss. You killed the, you killed the creator of this game. And, and the guy just started cracking up. Um, so uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was a really memorable moment. And um you know, honestly, uh, every game that I've played has been memorable in some way, whether it's something hysterical that happened or, or whether it's something that's kind of emergent um, or whether it's just sort of, you know, when you play with people who haven't been working on this game for a long time, they, you know, they see it a little bit differently. So they, they play it a little bit differently. And so you learn new strategies and new tactics from them. Yeah, I was watching uh, the first day it was live. I was watching the Twitch streams and uh, one of the, I think, they were playing a game with somebody that worked from Twitch. It was it was a girl, and uh, they the the guy that was streaming had teamed up with like three different people, and they all gave him gave him uh, his gun, their guns to this guy that was streaming, and so they find the idol and they get into this cave, and he's like, "All right, guys, let's let's uh go to the next spot, or we gotta go outside and get the rally point started or whatever," and the the Twitch girl comes up, he's like, "Oh hey guys," and it just domes this guy. <laughs> and and he's he just he just takes off his headphones and says you're like what <laughs> and he just looks at the camera really slowly and he goes that's what i was gonna do <laughs> so then the rest of the game goes on and she's just teaming up with these two guys and the guy's sitting there streaming us just continuing to watch it and he goes at the very end of the match when they're waiting for the helicopter there's three left it's this girl and two other guys and they have one idol and he goes this this girl's gonna get them he, she's just gonna kill him so the guy one of the guys with the idol jumps up on the helicopter to get away and she takes him out and it was because he couldn't figure out he tried to trick her and jump onto the helicopter and then jump off but he didn't know what the button for jump was <laughs> so, <laughs> and so the other guy the other guy's like wait wait please don't kill me and she just turns around and starts killing him and then goes <laughs> just leaves he's like oh that's uh, I was I was very amused by watching that. I sat around for he died like at 17 minutes left. And I sat there and watched the rest of it. So I was like, I don't think I've done that. So props to that. <laughs> there was a similar moment like when I was on last night for the very last game. Um, one person got to the copter and they were rising up and then one person jumps out of the bush kills that person then they jump onto the copter another person jumps out of the bush and they kill that person and they jump up into the copter it it it, it was the funniest thing <laughs> i think uh have, have any of you been watching uh, gta rp at all uh, i don't think so no. no it's uh i'm really fascinated with it it's so somebody modded gta and they just uh, they, they, they put in a bunch of things that make it so that it's, um, it's a simulation and you're not allowed onto their servers unless you apply. So you have to, uh, it's like applying for a job. You have to, you have to fill out a whole form and explain who your character is and what you're going to do and that you, you promise, you know, that you're going to role play and not break character and follow the rules and all these things. And um, it's it's if you go look at GTA on Twitch, um, I think that's really what's been driving its popularity uh, for the past few weeks. 
And one of the most interesting things about it um, is that the, the top streamer of GTA 5 is, is now this guy called Sheriff Eli. And I think the story, I'm not sure all the details, but I think he's a retired cop. And he goes into GTA and he role plays as a cop. So, you know, he'll get in his car and he'll sit at an intersection and wait to catch somebody speeding and then go chase them down and arrest them. And um, but the whole thing is it's it's not like a shooter where he's driving around doing stunts and, you know, and then getting out and having a crazy firefight. It's like people have to try to pretend like this is the real world. So. You know, he'll put on his lights and he'll pull someone over and the person will pull over and they'll get out of the car and they'll have a conversation and he'll write them a ticket. And and it, and it for, you're probably thinking like this sounds like the lamest thing ever. But um, but the people who are doing it are all really, really into role playing. And so and, and, and a lot of them are good. And this guy, Eli, as a retired cop, is incredibly entertaining um, so he played SOS on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. And I happened to bump into him. Um, he got on the walkie talkie and, and started talking and, um, it's, I, I can't really imitate him, but if you go out and you look at his stream and you hear him speak, um, he has one of those voices where, you know, it's him when he speaks. <laughs> uh, so I was just dying laughing because I'm like, oh my God, I ended up on this, I ended up in this game on the same radio channel as this guy who I think is the funniest guy in the world. So that was a really, really memorable game too. Because he got like that uh, authoritative cop voice kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and he, you know, everything he says is, you know, um, a boy. I'm not even going to try to imitate him because I'm, I'm just, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not good at it. But yeah, he's, you know, he really plays up the stereotype of the sort of, you know, tough, tough cop who's always got you know this kind of a smart ass uh remark to anything that you might say to him so <laughs> you got to check him out <laughs> all right so uh let's move on to dead space then i know a lot of people are going to be interested to hear that because uh seems like i can't go a day without seeing something about dead space 4 we want dead space back <laughs> uh so why don't you explain to the listeners what your role in the original dead space and dead space 2 were Sure. Um, I was brought on to Dead Space uh, about halfway through production. The game was actually very far along, um, so uh, I can't really take credit for, you know, a lot of the, the basic ideas that were there. Um, but I was brought on to, um, to, to build the bosses and some of the monsters and I, and I think maybe even some of the weapons. Um, but just worked on a lot of the gameplay and just sort of, you know, polishing the game. And, um, and the story there was I was, uh, I was working on a Wii game at EA. It was actually, uh, um, <laughs> it was the, the, the exact opposite of Dead Space. It was, a, it was actually like a really goofy uh, sort of Looney Tunes inspired fishing game for the Wii. Um, that, uh, that I had designed that was, it was really silly. It was really funny. Um, tons of fun to work on, but, um, didn't seem like it was really going anywhere. So I went on to the dead space team and I'll never forget the first time I really saw dead space. They, they had built the, their first level. Um, and it wasn't a full level. It was just kind of a demo. It, it, it might've been something they showed at E3 or something. And one of the designers said, you know, Hey, right. I want to, you know, I want to 
focus test this game. So come into the room and play what we're working on. And so we went into this room. We turned the lights off. It was pitch black. And <laughs> it, was, it was a room where um, we demoed <laughs> games. And it had this huge stereo system, you know, with a huge woofer and turned it up really loud. And I just remember being terrified. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't think I'm a person that's easily terrified, but I just remember my palms sweating and feeling terrified and being in a room and sort of looking and, and thinking, okay, the designer of this game is sitting next to me. This is a video game. I know this is not real, but I can't get my brain to stop telling me that I should be afraid. And, um, and that's when I knew that there was something really, really special there. And so, um, so I actually, you know, I actually put up a little bit of a fight. Um, cause I think, um, you know, my boss and a few other people at EA were, you know, saying, Hey, well, there's all these other projects that need help. Um, you know, Dead Space seems to be doing just fine. Can you help us with some other things? And, um, and uh, I just basically said, no, I want to work on Dead Space because it's, <laughs> it's incredible. And um, that's the end of the story. I'm just, you know, I, I want to work on this. And so, um, so eventually uh, um, Glenn and, and, and Michael, the uh, EP and the development director for the game, um, brought me on to the team, and uh, I had just had a ton of fun. It was just a, a fantastic team to work with. Um, just, uh, it was like nothing they couldn't really pull off uh, really well. Um, so, yeah, we finished it up. And um, after we finished that up, given, given that I had some experience working on the Wii, uh, you know, naturally people thought, well, gee, you know, the Wii is still selling like crazy. There's so many of them out there and there's still so much money being made. You know, what if we tried to build a, uh, a Wii version of Dead Space? So um, I went over to England and work with, uh, worked with the folks at Eurocom on building a Wii version of Dead Space, which probably very few people know exists and um and very few people bought um it was it was actually a really cool game and i'm really proud of it it was a it was a rail shooter um but we did i think some really really interesting things on it and uh during that time a lot of the dead space guys left ea uh, to go form sledgehammer and so they went off to go build um, the next call of duty and uh, so the, the Dead Space team was, was whittled down a bit. Um, and I ended up inheriting Dead Space 2 um, probably, I don't know, halfway through development again. And, uh, and I took it and, you know, tried to put my own spin on it since um, a lot of the creative leadership had moved on to Sledgehammer. So, you know, Dead Space 2 was... Um, it was spiritually a slightly different kind of game, and uh, but but I had so much fun working on it. Um, I you know really proud of that game, and especially proud of the the team that uh, that built that game because the 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 execution uh, of what we did was just fantastic. So you said you designed some of the uh, bosses in Dead Space. Were you the mastermind behind the awful monster that keeps regenerating and never leaves you alone? 
um, you know, uh, no, um, that um, that thing was called the oh shoot, boy. You know, it's it's been a while, so forgive <laughs> right. me if I'm some of the details here. I'm a little hazy on that. Was called the oh my god, I don't remember. Um, but let's, for the sake of argument, let's call him the Regenerator. Um, that was that was actually one of the kind of the um, the core monsters that was you know you would see that monster several times throughout the game. So I worked on more of the one-off stuff, um, the final boss, and um, I think almost all the other sort of one-off big bosses in the game. So was there ever was there ever a time? I mean, when you went and played Dead Space for the first time, you were literally terrified from it about it. Um, Based on what you said, was there ever a time that like the game was too scary and you guys had to actually tone it down a bit? No, I don't. I don't actually recall that ever being something that we did. Um, I what I do remember, especially on Dead Space Two, was that you know, every time we would build a new level, uh, you know, the process was usually that we'd have um, we'd have the story written and we'd say, okay, in this chapter. You know, Isaac does X, Y, and Z. And we say, okay, all right, well, if that's what he's going to do, let's let's just kind of block out what it would look like. So, okay, there's a big room here. You, you know, you fly from this room into this space, and then you do X, Y, and Z. And usually it's just sort of like, um, you know, it, it looks like Legos. It's just sort of like these gray boxes that you fly around in. And um, uh, inevitably, the first thing that, the, the the level designers would do is say okay all right well now that we have this space kind of blocked out we think this kind of feels about right um then we go and we start filling it with monsters and i remember every time we did a level we would we would go in and we would put monsters in and we would we would conclude that there's just too many damn monsters that it just gets um, it gets very repetitious, and it's definitely not scary when you know there's a monster in every closet that that tries to jump out and 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 scream boo at you. <laughs> so so usually the process was you know fill the fill the level with monsters, and then take about um, take about seventy five percent of them out, <laughs> and then. Uh, and then it just got a lot more fun. Um, one of the things that we always had to do was um, keep reminding ourselves that um, less is more when it comes to horror. That, that you know, the scariest stuff is the stuff that's not on screen. It's the stuff that's in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use sound a lot to make you believe that something was lurking in the room, or we'd use a you know a flashing light to create tension so that it was sort of hard to see in a in a dark room or something like that um but i remember it was always it was always work trying to make sure that it didn't get too repetitious um because i think that you know we've all played games that are fun for the uh, or uh, sorry that are scary for the first half hour but then after a while you're kind of like okay, all right, it's going to be another monster that jumps out at me and then another right. one and another one. And after a while, you're just sort of like, okay, guys, you know, I get it. <laughs> well, I think that was like the, the best part about Dead Space 1 and 2 is you, like every, uh, the pacing was like just perfect. It would introduce something new and something scary after, you know, every, you know, every couple of missions, there's be some new challenge for you to face. And 
I know you didn't work on Dead Space 3 and you haven't really played it, right? You said you played like the first two hours and quit. Yeah, I played about the first two hours. Um, you know, it, it felt, um, it, it, you know, to be honest, it wasn't the game that I wanted to play. Um, I think it was... Um, well, I think it, it did exactly what you said not to do is, you know, it had monsters every, you know, every couple of minutes was just shooting monsters and so it lost, you know, all the all the scare tactic that the original two had included. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I didn't play the whole way through, um, mm-hmm. but I certainly didn't, I, I, I didn't get that sense from the beginning that it was, um, it was paced as well as the first two. Um, but look, I mean, all, you know, um, I have tremendous amount of respect for the team that made it, you know, yeah. it looked fantastic. There was, you know, it was incredibly well done. Still a good um, game. Just wasn't as scary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause, uh, I know. Like, I wish when I was playing it, uh, I think at the very start, that's like kind of where you're in like the cave sections and all that. And that's what I was. Mm-hmm. I was hoping more of that throughout the game. You know, the dark cave, but a lot of it, you know, it's kind of outdoorsy. And, and, uh, they kind of lost the claustrophobic nature of the first two games, where you're down these dark corridors and <laughs> things are grabbing you through the floor all the damn time. <laughs> well, you know, I think. Um... I can probably take a little bit of the blame for that. I, I was, <laughs> you know, I was on the team for the first couple of weeks. Um, we, you know, before we had finished Dead Space 2, you know, there's a certain point at which they're like, hey, you know, right, go away. We, you know, we have plenty of ideas. We just need to finish this game and fix all the bugs. Um, so it's pretty typical in a scenario like that, that, you know, you spend, you know, the last couple of months while the team is is taking it from beta to final, you're usually thinking about the next game. So, um, so we talked a lot about Dead Space Three, and um, I I pushed really hard on Dead Space Two to um, to to build what I was calling a roller coaster. Um, I wanted to say, you know, I think it's hard. I think it would be hard to build another Dead Space One and have it not feel like well, it was just kind of more of the same. Mm-hmm. So it, it had a slightly different flavor, and the flavor was that. I wanted I wanted to balance the moments of of fear and tension with moments of um, kind of triumph and and spectacle. So I was I was trying to constantly hit you with curveballs and say, okay, if, you know, for for this period of the game, you're going to feel overwhelmed and underpowered. This part of the game is all about tension. This part is where we relieve the tension and give you something really cool and sort of make you feel badass for a little while, but then we're going to take it away from you again. And, you know, so it was all about trying to keep you on this emotional roller coaster. It's what I always called it. Um, and for Dead Space 3, um, I think, you know, initially what we were talking about and, and what I was pushing was um, the idea that. Uh, you could you could mix it up by by balancing out claustrophobia with agoraphobia. So the 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 thing was a huge inspiration, and the idea mm. that you can go from these very small claustrophobic spaces to going out into a snowstorm and um, and feel like you can't see very far, and you might be completely surrounded by something, but you can't see it because of the snow. And that I thought it would be fun to say, what if it was about going from 
claustrophobia to agoraphobia to claustrophobia to agoraphobia and 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 making it feel like it's a different type of emotional roller coaster um but i can't really but i can't really speak um much about how that actually played out once i left um so obviously they had some outdoor areas and and in the the whole snow idea um they did some of that, but you know, again, I was I was gone, so I don't know exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the caves and the snow sections were definitely my favorite parts of the game. I don't, Joanna or Kyle, have either of you played Dead Space Three? Uh, I've never beaten it. I've played parts of it. Yeah, I've only played Dead Space One and Two. Ah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I to to my own credit, though, I have played uh, Dead Space Extraction. I have played that as the, well. The only reason I remember that is because it was one of the few games that was good that made use of the Wii Zapper. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I love that thing. That thing was so cool, um, but it never really, never really caught on as much as I, I think Nintendo hoped it would. But I do think uh, Extraction was definitely one of the shining moments of the Zapper's short-lived existence. <laughs> yeah, so I think in our interview, right, I think I said I played Extraction on the Wii. That was a total mm-hmm. lie. I forgot it came out on the PS3, and that's where I played it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, that actually happened long after it shipped. Yeah. Because uh, I think, the, like two I think the move came out. Yeah, I think the move came out after we shipped that game. So um, one of the one of the folks at EA um, went off with a separate team and, and made the move version. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm actually just tremendously proud of that game. We, we, we made that game and it was like, it was like nine months, um, which, you know, in the games industry, nothing gets made in nine months. Yes. And, um, <laughs> so that's what our and, whole documentary uh, on Torchlight focused on. 11 months they <laughs> yeah. built that game. Um, and it was, uh, it, you know, it was an 83 or 84 Metacritic, which, um, which, which I feel like is, that's, yeah, that's a very a, respectable uh, number. Um, and we always said at EA that, you know, you get like a five to 10 point penalty just for being on the Wii because it wasn't cool, <laughs> you know? So, so we were, we were high-fiving each other. We, we, we felt like we, we were genuinely very, very proud of that game. Um, and I still think that it's got a, a few of, a few of um, some of the most clever things that I've ever worked on with a team in that game. So uh I'm sure no one here is going to go play it. A few of you might, but um, there's there's a bit at the end that um, that was amazing where you have to use the the Wii mote. Um, you you get your arm uh, you get your arm pinned to the ground. This monster with like a big sort of spiky claw, and on the end of a tentacle spears you to the ground, and it's it's it spears your arm, and so you're you're stuck to the ground and you actually have to take the Wiimote to chop your arm off to get <laughs> yourself free. Oh, nice. Um, and um, I, don't rem- I don't remember that. Yeah, it was, it was at the very end. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily the, 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 the best executed sequence we ever did in the Dead Space series, mm. but I thought it was a really clever way to deliver on the, the horror and the, and some of the gore of Dead Space in a way that used the Wii remote, um, you know, beautifully. And it was it was intuitive. You know, it was one of those things like you didn't have to explain to the player. The player just sort of looked at it and they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. all right, I guess this is what I got to do. Um, and I and I love that stuff. I always I always love moments when you you can design something that makes you sort of 
realize that I've got to do something unusual here, but it seems totally obvious what I need to do, and you kind of dread doing it. Um, the same way uh, that the the what we the, what we call the eye poke in Dead I Space was just about too. to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so so proud of that. <laughs> that was um, that was the only the only thing in all of the all of the stuff that I ever did on Dead Space. Um, that was the only thing I ever worked on where when we finished it, the day that we finished it, we got together and we reviewed it with the team <laughs> like we did every day. You know, there's probably 10 different people who worked on that feature and we would play through it every day and review it and fix bugs and, you know, figure out how to polish it. It was the first time I saw it, I cringed when I, when I, when I had to do it. And then the last day, I still, I was like, I know this is good because I still can't watch it. <laughs> you know, usually you get kind of desensitized after a while. You're like, oh, okay, all right, he's going to get his head ripped off. You know, after a while, it's just kind of cartoony and funny, um, especially when you've seen an animation that you've been working on with someone and you've seen it like a million times. But that one... It just never, never ceased to make everyone squirm in their chairs. <laughs> I made, I made my mom come and watch that scene. Oh, <laughs> she wasn't thrilled with me. <laughs> well, that's actually that's actually leading into kind of a question I had. Uh, when you guys were developing some of the stuff for Dead Space, like, did you like show your family members like what you were working on or or anything like what was or or friends even like what were their reactions like? Holy crap this is ridiculously bloody or gross or well they did whatever. they did show a bunch of grandmas in that marketing campaign <laughs> i do remember that yeah 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 um by the way i um the, the marketing campaign that's my favorite uh, marketing was... campaign ever there's nothing better than that well i it was it was so fun to 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 go from the dead space team uh to the farmville team to go from you know the the game that your mother hates to literally the game that moms love was just <laughs> it, it was it was such a fun transition and you know I had a lot of fun with that over the years um, talking about how uh, how that was a total one eighty um, but uh, you know on on Dead Space I actually did show my family and friends some of the stuff that I was working on and. Um, well, I guess I would say that, you know, my family, uh, my family's not a big fan of horror films <laughs> and, uh, and there actually aren't even a lot of gamers in my family. So, uh, I remember, you know, I, I remember one time for Christmas, I actually brought a dev, a dev kit home. Shh, shh don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> but I stuck out of the building with a dev kit and, you know, uh, at, at, like after Christmas dinner, I was like, Hey guys, check this out. And, uh, and um After you know dinner, it was like smart yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, and sure so it was you know aunts and uncles and cousins and they were like oh that's cool and i was like what that's cool like that, that but they weren't but they're not really gamers um so it's i think it's a good reminder that um while dead space i i think you know i'm incredibly proud of it um and and so proud of the team and um and I think it's uh, it's an amazing franchise. You, you have to realize that it's it is fairly niche. Um, there is there's a definite limit to the number of people who want to be you know shocked and horrified out there. <laughs> so uh, did you ever? Did, how did the uh, grandmas react after they were done filming those 
marketing campaign things anybody file anybody ask about going to therapy <laughs> you know um I, I i couldn't tell you because that was uh that was all done by our marketing department and i wasn't involved in in the marketing really uh at all um it was mostly uh, you know, at a company like Yay, it's, it's typically your executive producer and probably your art director who we're talking to marketing the most. Uh, my job was mostly just to make the game fun and great and let someone else market it. So then going back, uh, what was your, I'm curious, what was your favorite section out of Dead Space? Aside from like the eye popping thing. <laughs> like, um, yeah. 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 Well, the eye, the, so the eye poke was definitely my favorite part. But mm-hmm. aside from that, um, boy, let me think. Um, I have to say, I, I really liked the opening. I thought that the idea of um, putting you in a, in a straitjacket was, was interesting. And I think it was a good choice because we knew that, we, we knew that the game had more of an action vibe. Than, than Dead Space One, and you know we all we all thought to ourselves, well we've got to make sure that this game starts with something that feels like survival horror, you know something that makes you feel like you're a little bit helpless and and um, and that you know establishes that you know this is not a game where you are in total control. And so putting you in the straight jacket and saying, okay, all you can do is run. Your hands are literally tied. Um, that, that, was, that was really fun. I, I really enjoyed that because um, I thought it was such an elegant way to, to, to sort of get in the player's head. You know, the first thing we do is, is tie your hands. Um, aside from that, um, let me think. Um, I actually... I don't remember what you would call it. I think it was level eight or so. Um, I don't remember. I, I don't. I don't know how to describe this 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 part of the level to you. But there was a part where you kind of had to keep backtracking through this one particular hallway, and it was one of those parts of the game where we're just like, "All right, we're gonna throw everything at you." There's yes, like I five that. different types of the monster, and and you were you you had to go down this hallway into like a big circular chamber that was zero g and you had to get some batteries out of it or something and you had to go back and forth a couple of times and i remember it because it was just like it was slightly comical how over the top it was and i remember it because when the game when the game shipped the guys at penny arcade did a did a cartoon about it <laughs> and and the cartoon was just hysterical um, so that kind of cemented it in my memory because I was like, yeah, they, they get it. They, they knew we were trying to be ridiculous there and they called us out on it. Um, and let's see what else. Um, I can't remember. You know, I know. I remember like vividly remember the section from the first game where you have that regenerator creature for the first time. Cause it, that, that made me quit the game for a while. I think it took me probably six months to finish Dead space. Cause I didn't want to do that part. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Well, did, uh, and then it's, I think Dead Space sorry, Two. You, I think Dead Space Two. You have another one where you're where you're in the uh, psychiatric ward with the regenerator. It's like when all the uh, when you go through like the the daycare section. I think there was a regenerator oh. in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the daycare section. I think the moment when you go up onto the stage and the sun falls down in front yes. of you. 
um, that seems to be one that everyone remembers. And uh, um, yeah, there's a level designer, uh, Matthias uh, Warch, who worked on that. Um, I remember going to him and just being like, you bastard, that gets me every time, every time, even when I know it's coming. Um, but uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, I, I have to admit it's it's been a long time um, since I've actually played it. So I'm trying to remember all the levels. I can remember a lot of the moments. Um, oh, I'll tell you exactly uh, what I loved best about Dead Space Two. <laughs> um, aside from aside from the stuff I already mentioned, um, the the enemies that we called the Stalkers, which oh, were yeah, Those screaming um, things. Yeah, that would uh. hide from you and try to surround you. <laughs> Um, so, so when I came on to dead space two, um, I thought, okay, well I've inherited this game. Um, and I had to think really quickly about, all right, what am I going to do with this game? And I thought, well, dead space one, um, all of the enemies are, are based, um, are based on one basic concept. And that is that the, you know, the game is claustrophobic and the AI is basically designed to say, they're going to walk towards you and try to grab you and and create that sort of intense claustrophobia. Because if they grab you, you know, then you have to to do the quick time sequence where you have to break free from them. So so this game just had this feeling of like, um, okay, these things are slowly lurking towards me, or in some cases, quickly coming at me. And it's basically a game of you know crowd management. I have to I have to think about all the different weapons that I have and the way that the enemies are arranged in the room, and that's the gameplay, right? Is managing that crowd. And on Dead Space Two, I thought you know I, I wanted to mix that up because it's 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 really hard to keep coming up with new enemies whose you know main job it is is to sort of walk at you and grab you. Mm-hmm. And so I thought. Um, well, I started. I started just thinking about some of my favorite creatures and some of my favorite kind of tense moments from films. And you know, of course, Jurassic Park came to mind. And I thought, you know, the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park are probably the most interesting kind of enemy slash creature or, uh, that you know that I could think of. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun to mix it up in Dead Space Two by saying? Um, you know, instead of having something that you can clearly see that is just sort of, you know, shambling towards you, wouldn't it be interesting to go into a space where there's something that's hunting you down that you can barely see and that it's, you know, you're completely surrounded by these things. And and and, um, and I wanted to give you the feeling that you're being hunted. And um, those, those, uh, those enemies just turned out spectacularly well i thought um that those were some of the most fun sequences in the game um because they played so differently every time and they were i think a perfect example of how you can build enemies that um can be defeated in many different ways with many sort of different strategies and how every weapon that you bring to the fight forces you to think about them very differently um so Loved, absolutely loved them. The other enemy I did not like was that one that has the uh, big orange glowing glob on it. Because it's <laughs> scream, you just hear it coming down the hallway, and you're just nope, 
<laughs> yeah, the, the one with the that. explosive, yes. like the explosive arm. Yes. Yeah, I think we we called him the exploder. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that guy. He was sort of like the, um, you know, the guys in Serious Sam that have bombs on their heads that ran towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the equivalent of that, but slower moving. Um, both of them, I'd say, are two of my favorite enemies of all time. So I know when you were talking about earlier about that, uh, I forgot to bring it up, but you were talking about that segment in Extraction where you, know, where you have to cut off your arm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what would you want to see from a Dead Space VR experience now that you have all that extra technology? Um, well, you know, that's that's really interesting. I think um, horror is, is obviously one of the things that I think VR can do so well. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people doing VR and, and, and struggling, honestly, to figure mm-hmm. out what exactly, you know, what should you do with VR? What's, what's good at it? And what, you know, what's something that feels like more than just a gimmick? Um, horror, I think, is, is, is one of those things um, because I think uh, when I think about VR, I think it solves the problem of, of immersion and presence. And so the more you believe it, the more frightened you'll be. Um, if I was going to make a, a Dead Space game in VR, boy, that's tough. Um, boy, you hit me with a question that I don't <laughs> know I have a good answer to. But, man, I would love, I would really love to think about that. Well, one, of the, um, uh, one of the games that did it very, very well at, uh, for a horror was Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't change up. The, I mean, it was obviously Dead Space isn't really much of a first-person game, so it'd be a little bit different. But uh, Resident Evil Seven of VR was first-person, and it, apparently that's the way you're supposed to play the game, according to people that have played it. So yeah, I, I've played it, but I haven't played it in VR. And and I know that you know um, all the VR experts out there, and I'm definitely not one of them. Neither are we. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, everyone everyone seems to think that, um, you know, moving the player around is a big no-no, that that tends to be what makes people sick. So um, I'm, I'm curious about what what it was in Resident Evil 7 that, that prevented you from getting sick as you uh, moved around in the world. Um, and, I, and I think that would be my main concern with a Dead Space game is, um, you know, how, how you can build a game where if you're being chased, um, how can you run quickly and how can you make that feel visceral and physical in a way, um, that where the, um, you know, where it feels like your ability to sort of move and dodge feels more about moving your body than about pushing, a um, an analog stick. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I find interesting about VR and room space is, um, to me, VR is all about input. It's all about figuring out new ways to control something or new ways to, to put my body and hands into a game and to be able to touch things in a physical way. Um, so I think, I think that's what I'd want to explore is sort of how can you make it feel like um, if, if you're being chased down and, and, you're, and you've got that feeling of claustrophobia, could you actually build a game where it feels like a monster grabs onto you and you can sort of, you know, punch the shit out of it and, <laughs> you know, like, you know, somehow wrestle it off of you. Um, I don't know if that's possible, but I think that's what I'd want to try to accomplish. So are there, are there any actual horror games that you have played uh, in the past few years that would you think top Dead Space? 
alien isolation well, maybe <laughs> you are going to laugh at me and i'm sure all of your listeners are going to roll your eyes um but uh i i think that the the most memorable horror game that i've played in years since dead space has been uh gone home <laughs> did, did, did you did you play it there's there's definitely a lot of tension there yeah yeah well i kind of see that (laughs) (laughs) well i just thought you know after the time i spent on dead space and and knowing that what what was so effective in dead space as i said before is you know taking monsters out made it more fun than putting them in because it was usually the the, you know the fear of what's around the corner was much more powerful than the monster itself and so um you know uh, apologies for the for the spoilers for anyone who hasn't played it but the whole time that i was playing gone home i was like oh man they they're just this is like the longest sort of build up ever you know i've been playing this game for hours and i i just i just know that any minute now something's going to get me and um at one point i almost quit playing the game cuz i was like i just I just know they're going to do it. I just the, know they're going to. And I'm it like, so terrified. <laughs> was it like in the basement? Because I remember I was like pretty terrified at one point in the basement. I can't remember specifically I, what it was. but Yeah, I think um, I think by the end I had figured out what was going on in the game. But mm. I seem to recall... For some reason, there was, there was, a, there was a part of the game where I was going through a dresser and there was just this kind of spooky ambient sound and i i had you know i had my face up against the wall going through drawers and i was like i'm a game designer i know what they're doing they're <laughs> making me they're, they're making my making me you know turn my back to a door and they're distracting me by you know all this stuff that's inside these drawers because there's something's going to sneak up on me and <laughs> you know um and i just kept waiting and waiting and waiting for it um so i know that's a ridiculous answer to the question but um but that was but that was the most scared that i've been since dead space um and to be honest, I haven't, I haven't played a lot of survival horror. Um, the last bit I played was Resident Evil 7. I got a couple hours into it and um, kind of ran out of time and, and didn't finish it. But uh, someday, someday I'll get some time and I'll go <laughs> back and finish it. <laughs> Don't know when have, that's going to be. Did you ever actually play Alien Isolation? I, um, I, I played about... I played about two hours of it or so. Um, that was pretty damn terrifying as well. <laughs> um, yeah, what did you guys think of it? Oh, that was another one of those games that took me about six months to beat. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I put like forty hours into that game, and twenty hours of it was hiding in a closet. <laughs> I I adored that game, even though it made me cry in many, many parts of of fear. But I, you know, Nick and Kyle can tell you I am obsessed with anything that goes bump in video games. Um, <laughs> even if I don't want to play it and I'm crying and I'm begging, please don't let something eat me. And then it eats me. And then I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. But <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite part about Alien Isolation was actually right when I got the game, I didn't know that 
if you have your connect hooked up it'll pick up audio in the background and uh and if if the alien the alien like the audio in the background will go into the game and if the alien hears it well you're screwed and uh oh really yeah so <laughs> one of my roommates knew that and i didn't and so he comes up behind me and goes hey nick and then the alien just oh, spots no. me and comes after me. I'm screaming like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> He's, so he showed me these controls, and I'm just like, "You dick!" <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's, that's another really one cool. of those games that's it's in my Steam library, but I haven't had the uh, courage to install it yet because I, I don't know, <laughs> horror games for me are they're tough because I think I'm even worse than Nick. Or it'll take him six months. It'll take me a year. Or a year and a half to beat it. I'm just like, I can do like an hour, and then I'm like, I need to go play, like, I don't know, something happy. Well, <laughs> so, well, spoilers, spoilers yeah. for Alien Isolation for those that haven't finished it, but they end up putting two aliens after you at the end of the game. Oh, oh man. <laughs> just, just more incentive for me not to play it. Oh, it's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> like, I literally, like, my friend was just sitting there watching me play it, and I'm literally will not move. He's like, come on, dude, you got to finish the game at some point. I'm like, give me time. I will figure this out. <laughs> also, I need a um, beer and some new underpants. <laughs> probably a whole package. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm begging for a sequel for it, though. I don't, I don't know what it is about horror games. I think it's just that, that adrenaline rush and tension, you know, you... It just makes you want to play it, even though it's scary as hell. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, the the tough thing is that I've I've played a lot over the years that feel like they um, they get repetitive pretty quickly. You know, I would say, you know, the kind of you know games like um, Doom Three. I know that's sort of you know really old now. Mm-hmm. It's probably ten or twelve years old, but. Um, a lot of games like that that I've seen that um, they don't interest me because they, they, they just look like they they would get repetitive very quickly. Um, I tend to um, I tend to like games these days that are a little bit more kind of experimental. Uh, you know, again, so so games like Gone Home, um, games like Firewatch, um, you know, those games I think. Um, have much more sort of a sophisticated psychological tension that I find interesting. Um, I find that a lot more interesting than just sort of, you know, you know, games that where I've, I just got to have a, a fast trigger finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I think SOS is kind of definitely being developed around that core idea of, you know, tension with never knowing what somebody else is going to do. So I think <laughs> you're right on the right track there. <laughs> well, I hope so. So, you think EA will ever grant everybody's wish and return to Dead Space? <laughs> um, you know, it's possible, but, um, you know, this isn't based on any actual insider right. information. I, I, I really don't know, but what I've seen from EA is that, um, you know, they're focused more and more on in fewer big franchises. Um, I seem to recall that they... They, they might have actually said that at their shareholder meetings. So, you know, they're doubling down on um, and making sure they have a Battlefield game every year, a FIFA, a Madden, and, um, and those kinds of things. So um, I'd be surprised to see them take more risks on games like Dead Space. And, um, and, and, and I think, you know, the, the sales figures for Dead Space, um, I don't 
I don't know what they are, um, but you know, you can go to sites like um, VG charts and, mm-hmm. and sort of get estimates. Um, and you know, when you look, it's it's sort of it's no surprise that they're not making Dead Space Four right now. Um, Dead Space was a niche game. I, I just think that um, it's really really hard to make a um, to make a hit out of a game that um, scares the shit out of you. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, the number of people who want to sort of come home from work and sort of, you know, plop <laughs> down and, and feel like they're going to have a heart attack. I just think <laughs> that's just not what people want. Um, I, uh, and I know some people want that, but, um, but I always think that, um, you know, myself included, um, I, I like playing games to unwind um, more so than, you know, um, than, uh, than, you know, testing whether or not I can you know, o- avoid having a heart attack for another night. <laughs> and, and SOS is an unwinding game. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, not, it's not very unwinding when your head's in your crotch and you don't know where you're going and things are attacking you. <laughs> um, well, you know, I think um, what, what, drew, what, what got me into games in the first place is um, games, games that, Feel like they're as much of a creative outlet as they are an an, an outlet for for skill. So uh, you know, I I got into games, um, you know, during um, during the big quake boom. So I was a I was a modder and just kind of a hacker. And I think what really drew me to that community was you know it wasn't the you know the birth of the sort of esports space with people competing in Quake Deathmatch. It was it was more the <coughs> Um, it was more the experimentation that people were doing, you know, all the crazy creative stuff that people were doing, not just as modders, but also as players, you know, it just felt like it was so fun to explore these 3d worlds. Um, that's, that's always what I found most fascinating about games. And it's a big part of why I wanted to make outpost games, um, and start the company. And it's a big part of what made me, um, design SOS the way it is is you know I again I like games that that have this this really great balance between saying you know hey it's it's difficult to get good at this game um, so there's a clear kind of skill curve but there's this other part that that makes the game feel like you look at it and you say I wonder what happened I wonder what will happen if I try this Ooh, I wonder what would. Tr- well, I wonder what would happen if I try that. You know, I wonder what would happen if I play with this person. Um, I wonder what happens if I put on, you know, this kind of persona. I wonder how people will react to me. And for me, game playing and game design is is all about um, satisfying people's desire to ask the question. I wonder what will happen, and then <laughs> make something interesting happen. Um, so I so I like really sandboxy games. All right, everybody. Um, thanks for tuning in to the official Game Minute podcast. We'll be back next Thursday, and uh, I guess we'll find out if uh, I can get into an SO, get SO, SOS game and uh, see where I'm going <laughs> this week. <laughs> thanks, right, everybody. Well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm.